Hello, this is Ginger London. Thank you so much for joining me on this evening. Tonight, we continue on with our five-part series, and that series is on letting go and moving on. And tonight, we're actually going to be dealing with the process of letting go. There is a is there are strategies that you use in letting go. There are steps that you take in um letting go. And God desires for us to do things decently and in order. And so on tonight we want to actually uh talk to you and teach you about the process of letting go. Over the last couple of nights we've talked about the importance of letting go. You know, we talked about the baggage you know, uh, what does baggage claim mean? I mean, baggage and claiming your personal uh, belongings uh, from the baggage. We talked about all of that. And we talked about the purpose of letting go, meaning that there's a reason why you have to let the past go. And that reason is so that um, the uh, you can make room for what what God actually um, has um, in store for you, and that means that their newness will show up um, in the place of the pain that that you have been experiencing uh, from the past. And so it's really important. A lot of times it's real easy to say, you know, uh, forgive and forget. You know, you can forgive, but sometimes the, the memory of what you've gone through is constantly being played over and over again in your mind, and so you find it hard to not only forget, but you find it hard to even um, to forgive in some cases. And so it's real important that you remember that this is a process that you have to go through. Some people can get over some things um, instantly. Uh, they never look back. And then some people, it's a process. They have to go through, a, uh, through the journey uh, or they have to take the strategic steps of letting go, you know, because there's so much involved and so much pain and hurt that's involved in what they've gone through that they really need a plan for coming out and walking into newness. And so on tonight, that's what we're going to deal with. Um, our, our scripture base for the entire week that we've been reading every night is Isaiah chapter 43. Verses 18 and 19, and I'll read it from the Message Bible. It says, forget about what happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. I'm bursting out. Don't you see it? There, there it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the bad lands. And I told you on last night's show, God is creating rivers to flow through those pain, rivers of healing, rivers of joy, rivers of uh, excitement, rivers of uh, forgiveness. Different types of rivers are going to flow through your life to cover and drown out and refresh your spirit, drown out those uh, pains and hurts and refresh your spirit. And that's what you want God to do. You want God to begin to do a new thing in your life. The scripture for tonight, the main scripture for tonight is Philippians 3. Uh, verses 13 and 14, it says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I am working toward the day when I will finally be all that Christ Jesus saved me for and wants me to be. No, dear brothers and sisters, I am still not all I should be, but I am focusing on all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the 
prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us up to heaven. And we're going to focus on forgetting the past and looking forward and pressing to reach the high calling, to get to the mark that God has purposed purpose for you. And so we're going to get started with our teaching on tonight. It's on the purpose of letting go. And um, I'm sorry, the process of letting go. And so the first thing that has to happen in the process of letting go is that you have to acknowledge that there are some things that you need to let go. The longer you hold on to it, the harder it is because the longer it clings to your spirit and clings to your life, you think that it belongs there or you become comfortable with it and you never um, uh, call it to leave or uh, force it to leave. You let it sit there and linger. So it becomes a part of who you are and so you resolve within yourself that that is supposed to be there. So you have to acknowledge that there are some things you need uh to let go. And so in order to do that, you have to um accept that acknowledgement that I have some things that are clinging to my life that should not be here and I need to let those things go. I have some hurts and pains, you know, even though they're legitimate, even though um it actually uh they are the results of things that have happened to me, I still need to release that because it's hindering my Life. See, when you when a person goes into a relationship, most of the time they launch themselves into it to uh, lock, you know, uh, into it lock, stock, and barrel, so to speak, with every intention of making it work and last. So that so much so that when it uh, it does uh, disintegrate, it is a challenge to accept that it is over and that it didn't work out, or that the uh, the person you trusted the most with your heart has uh, let you down. There's a short period there's a short period of where you are allowed to be in denial, but you have to remind yourself that um you have to let it go, okay, so once you've gone to the come to the conclusion that this situation is over, this pain is uh, uh, uh unbearable, then you have to actually let it go, and so you have to accept that and then you have to keep moving on. Then you have to realize that change is necessary. Uh so without it without change you won't you won't grow. So without change that you won't grow. So you have to realize that is that change is necessary. And so uh you have to uh remember that and then move forward uh in it. Okay? Then number three you have to pay attention to the unconscious internal conversations that take place in your head that, you know, make sure that they're positive. And I talked to you about that on on, uh, on last night, that you have to change, you have to do some self-talk, and you have to make sure that what you're saying to yourself are positive statements that will help you to uh, move beyond your, uh, your past. Okay, so here's, you know, um, Here's some things that you should not continue to say to yourself, that you're going to indulge in a guilt trip. You know, don't continue to say that over and over again. You deserve better than that. You deserve more than a guilt trip. You know, you deserve um, uh, to speak, uh, you deserve positive things spoken over your life. I'm more than a conqueror. Yes, I can overcome this pain. Yes, it happened to me, but I'm not going to get on a guilt trip about it. You know, maybe I had a part in it, maybe I didn't, but I'm not going to take on, uh, I'm not going to let the baggage stay uh, because at some point I no longer own the baggage. It begins to own me. 
okay, then you're not going to sit around and mope forever about it. You know, you got a life to live. So you have to get up, you know, you know, there's a grieving period, you know, but that grieving period shouldn't be a long time because the longer you grieve about uh, a bad relationship, the longer you grieve about a bad experience, the longer you grieve about um, uh, a bad uh, uh incident that happened to you, the the more it begins to linger in your life and your conversation is tainted by what you've gone through, you okay? So then don't indulge in the blame game. You know, you know if somebody did did you wrong, you know if they were unfaithful, you know if they were disloyal, you know if they were um, dishonest, you know all of those things. You know, put the blame where it goes, but don't turn it into a game. Okay, because you don't have time for that. The only thing that you have time for is to move on with your life and to to get up from where you are and to move forward in your life. Um, so, and then don't travel down the memory down memory lane um, that all of a sudden starts appearing. You know, you know, uh, uh, you think it's rosy when it's really not rosy. It really is. Um, uh, a bad experience that you need to let go. So you have to start dealing with those, start paying attention to those unconscious um, type things. And so, again, realize that change is necessary. And so I'm going to give you some pointers about change to help you um, through this process. And if, you, uh, if you're taking notes, please write them down because if you're going through this process, through this journey, you're going to need to remember uh, what's being taught to you and uh, so that you can read over it, the Word of God says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So the more you play it over, the more you listen to it, the more you read over your notes, the easier your journey is going to become. Because remember, God's Word never returns void. It will accomplish whatever it has been sent out to um, to do. So let's deal, uh, let's talk a little bit about change. Let me give you a definition, a simple, simple, simple definition of change. Change is purposeful effort that is sustained and assisted by, assisted by divine help. It is on purpose. You don't change by accident. You don't change by coincidence. You change on purpose. So it is purposeful. It is a purposeful effort that is sustained and assisted by divine help. You can't do it on your own. You need the Spirit of God to help you. You need a support system around you. If you could have changed on your own, the pain itself would have, would have prompted you to change. So there are some things that we get overtaken and overwhelmed with in life. We need somebody else to step in and help us come out of it. Two are better than one. So you, it is purposeful, it's, an, it's intentional, and you're going to need somebody to help you. Uh, it is your responsibility to bring yourself to a place of change until you recognize or acknowledge that change is necessary in your life. It's not, you know, somebody else can tell you that you need to change. But until you take ownership of it, until you take responsibility for it, then change will never occur in your life. Change requires knowledge and it requires honesty. You you have to be knowledgeable about what needs to change, how it needs to change, and you need to be honest that change needs to happen. Um, change occurs on purpose, and it is by design. And that's why we're talking tonight about the process of letting go, because it is God has designed change for you. There's a process that you have to go through for you to see it in its fullness and so that you can reap the benefits of actually going through the change process. Uh, a commitment to change is requires uh, a commitment to change requires more than the exposure of information and logical reason to change. So you need more than just information. You're going to need practical application of that information in order for change to occur in your 
your life. And so I'm going to give you three false beliefs concerning change. And if you believe if this if you believe any or all of these, then this has to change first. You got to change those faulty beliefs, and you have to change your uh, belief system into. Remember, I said on the first night, you gotta you gotta believe without doubting that you can that you can get you can let go of your past. Okay, and so that's where that's where you want to be. So one false belief concerning change is I cannot change because I have already tried and changed, tried change and failed. Well, if you tried it and it failed, it may have failed because you did it in your own strength. So you, so there is no such thing as I can't change. You can change. Now you may not um, succeed at your first attempt. But if you get up and and try again, you will eventually connect to the information and the people that you that are needed to help you go through the change process. Another faulty belief is it is not my responsibility to affect change in my life. It is your responsibility because most of the things that we get caught up in, we got caught up in it because we um, didn't pay attention to what we were doing, or we uh, got caught up in because we stayed in something too long, uh, or we got caught up because we were in something that may have started out good, but when it took a sour turn, we didn't remove ourselves from the bad situation. And so now we have all of these lingering or after uh, effects that are hindering our growth and the fullness of our lives. So it is your responsibility to to affect change in your life. Um, And then the third fault to believe is I'm not as bad as I seem. If you are repeating the same vicious cycle over and over again, you are as bad as it seems. If you are rehearsing and reciting and telling your story a hundred times a day about what somebody did to you and how they hurt you and how they wounded you, how they walked off, how they didn't pay it, you know, didn't respect you, how they lied to you so many times, took your money. If you are um, repeating that story over and over and over and over again, then that your situation is a little bit more um, overwhelming than you seem to think that it is. So any one of these are a faulty a faulty belief about change, and you're going to have to uh, change your faulty beliefs so that you can ex- experience change. And there are some reasons why you need to change, and one of the reasons is that change provides a natural example to others. And remember, I talked to, on one of the shows, and I said to you that um, – we are living epistles um, for everyone to read. And so um, that's a reason why we need to change is because other people are watching you or, or some people are looking to you as an, um, uh, a role model or they're looking to you as a mentor or they're believing God for you to come out. And so they're watching you so that they can see the manifestation of change in your life. All right. Change uh, causes future hopes and desires uh uh, to happen for you to get excited about them. If you don't believe that change can occur, then you'll never even think positively about the future. You'll just simply focus on the negative part of the past, and then um, that will be it. And so uh, you'll just resolve that. Well, that happened to me. It doesn't look like things are going to change, and so I just, I just, I just got to live with this. Okay. Now, another reason why change is important is because fulfillment is postponed until you change. Your destiny is not complete. It's not accomplished until you change. You don't experience the fulfillment of your life or the fullness of your life until change occurs in your life. Because when you experience bad um, relationships or situations, when they linger too long, the hurts and pains or the memories of those things linger too long in your life, then it hinders the fulfillment of your life. They they, uh, they hinder the destiny. You're reaching your destiny. You're not going to reach your destiny um 
in hurts and pains and, and being sour all the time and bitter and angry about what happened to you. You reach your destiny when you're walking in the fullness of life, when you're walking with a clear mind and your vision is clear and your steps are ordered by God. That's when you reach your destiny. You don't reach your destiny in the cave. In the cave, you just mope and gripe and complain and uh, uh, walk in darkness. You don't see things clearly, but you don't reach your destiny. You just walk around in the same cave all the time. And um, the uh, the essence of stupidity is is to continue to do the same thing, expecting different results. Okay, and so if you want to see something change in your life, if you want to get past your uh, your past, if you want to move out of it, and want to let it go, then you have to do what is required um, to let it go. And so uh, you must acknowledge that change is possible for you. You have to believe that change that that it is there that it is possible because if you don't then you're not going to be able to walk through this process. And another important and key issue in walking through the process of letting go is that you're going to have to forgive others and then you free yourself. And I talked to you about that on last night. You got to you have to forgive others, the person that did whatever they did or the people if you if you've been in bad uh cycles and you have to forgive yourself. There are some things that you did that you're not pleased about. There are some things um you know some signs and uh things or situations that you are characteristics that maybe you should have recognized that you didn't, you know, maybe you retaliated, maybe you took a revengeful act, maybe you became so overwhelmed and, and bitter about it that you start lashing out with sarcasm, meanness, whatever it, whatever it was. You have to forgive others. You have to forgive yourself so you can free yourself for change, free yourself to go through um, the process that you need to go to go through. And then you have to develop a plan, a strategy for that. And so we're going to talk a little bit more about how to do your how to do your plan strategy uh for that. So again, you have to pay attention to everything that's going on in your mind. You got to get rid of those negative thoughts. And so what you have to resolve in your mind and within yourself is you have to make a decision on do I want to do I want a breakdown or do I want to break through? See, if you want to break down, stay in the cave. And the cave will help you get accomplish the breakdown. Because if you stay in that hole long enough, if you stay depressed long enough, if you stay sad long enough, if you stay bitter long enough, if you stay resentful long enough, if you stay mean-spirited long enough, if you stay in the cave that the pain will, will cause you to go in, you will have a breakdown at some point in your life. Your life will break down. But if you want a breakthrough, then then you have to resolve that you want to go through the process of letting go. Because the only way that you can break through is you have to move against past, uh, move beyond past and start walking into your present and into your future. That's when you get the breakthrough. It's when you can believe that you can pick yourself up and, uh, and walk away from the very things that have hindered you and kept you back and bound. Then you walk into the breakthrough. And so you have in order to do that, you're going to have to change your attitude about what you've actually gone through and what has happened to you. And it may be hard to change your attitude because sometimes what the the um the things that people have done to us are so painful and they are so overwhelming that 
I mean, you really want to have your say. You want to get the last two cents in. You want to um, uh, retaliate. You want to uh, get the uh, have the last laugh, so to speak. And you and really, you're not laughing. It's just a figure of speech. You're not laughing. You think you're going to laugh, but you still. Even when you retaliate, the pain is still there. Even when you say a sarcastic remark. Even when you talk negative about that person. Well, man, you don't know her. I know the real how I used to date her. I dated her for two years, man. I'm telling you, she ain't all that. You know. You tell your girlfriends, oh man, he's he he ain't nothing but a player. He's not real. He's not. He was a counterfeit. I mean, we say all sorts of things, you know, to try to ease um, uh, the mind, you know, ease ourselves in the situation or to find some form of retaliation. We take any outlet that avails itself to us. So if it's at a if it's at dinner, at, if it's at a restaurant, at a conversation, and we get an opportunity to speak negative negatively about that person. Pain will make you say whatever it is that pain wants you to say so that you can actually try to get some relief and feel some uh, uh, justification uh, from what happened to you. Try to get some type of justice, even though it's still an incorrect way to do it. You will, if you're not careful, you will find yourself engaging in some conversations, uh, taking pot shots, making sarcastic remarks, making accusations or or, putting a spin on really what happened to make it sound more devastating than it actually was, you will do whatever uh, it pushes you to do. You will actually do it. So uh, you have to begin to change your attitude. And attitude is the way you look at things. It's your opinion. It's your reaction to the people. It's what do you think about life. It's what you think about God. It's your personal interpretation and value that you place on others around you. It's, your, it's, it's what the value or the lack of value that you place on the, the, the uh, cycle you've been going through or the, uh, the incident that occurred. It's, 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 what, it's the value that you place on something. It is your perception. It's how you're looking at it. You know, And if it's bad, enough and if that pain is bad enough you're going to look at it with an attitude as we say and that's not in a good way you're going to look at it with the attitude that says you know i know all about that you know you that's the neck roll the finger pointing making disease you know it's the it's the negative comment every chance you get about what you went through about who put you through it who did what you know it's so your attitude is your perception about what happened? It's a, your perception about the person now. But remember, now the whole time you were in a relationship with the person, your attitude was a little different. Your perception was a little different. It wasn't until this thing was over that you saw di- that you may have had a different perce- uh, perception, or as it was coming to an end, and you began to realize some things or recognize some things, then you start maybe shifting your attitude. Um, frame of mind towards that. And so, interesting enough, your attitude can propel you to the next level um, in your life, or it can paralyze you and cause you to become stagnant in life. And if you're not healed, attitude will cause you to become stagnant. Because in another show I told you, when you become bitter enough about what has happened to you, there's an unpleasant aroma that stems from your life. And people get to the pl- a point where uh, they are, are, are they don't want to be around you because negativity is just overpowering and overwhelming with you. So they limit their conversations with you. They don't spend too much time in uh, so- at social events with you because they already know how that's going to turn. And they know if they start talking to you, they're not going to be able to break away. Because you're going to go on and on and on and on about what you went through, what happened to you, where you are now, why it's not working, why why things haven't changed. 
and all of that. So your attitude has to change because it either can propel you or your attitude will stagnate you in your life. And so if you want to go forward and release, release your past, you have to change your attitude. A negative attitude will paralyze the advancement of your life. You know, uh, in every area, it will paralyze the advancement, your professional advancement. It will paralyze your personal advancement. It will paralyze your family uh, relationships that you have, relationships you have with your family members. It doesn't matter what area of life it is, it's going to paralyze you. And so we, you want to make sure that if you are harboring uh, a negative attitude about what happened to you, it's going to be important that you pray for deliverance and you pray for a shift to occur and change in your life and so that you can experience um, the best attitude that you can. Because if you don't change your attitude, then um, then you won't uh, love God's people and you won't care about your own needs and you'll never succeed in life. I promise you, if you don't change your attitude, you're going to you're going to begin to do some self-defeating and self-sabotaging things towards your own life. And then you're going to look up and instead of recognizing that now you have put your hand into the process of causing pain to your life, you're still going to look at what happened to you and make it seem like that's the reason why I'm in this rut now. You know, you're going to push yourself deeper into that cave if you don't change your attitude about what what happened to you. So uh, in order to change your attitude, there are three things that are required to change your attitude. You need new information from a reliable source. Remember, I told you, you have to begin to build a support system around you. That's going to help you to actually get the, the new information that you need. The old information is the past that you keep uh, recycling. You need new information from a reliable source. You need somebody who you trust that has your best interest at heart to give you the information that you need so that you can begin to push yourself past uh, out, out of that cave and move beyond your past and walk into your present day and to be excited about your future. You need new experiences to replace the bad experience that you had or the bad experiences that you had. You need a new experience. You don't need to re go back through that same cycle again. You need a new experience. And on one show, I, I remember, you know, telling you, you got to do something different. You know, you know, if you continue to have the same um, bad experiences in a dating relationship, then you need to stop dating for a minute. And you need to find... Um, some genuine friends that you can hang out with, but don't become connected to anybody romantically right now. If you went through a, if you went through a bad divorce, then it's not time for you to try to hook up with somebody and remarry right now. It's time for you to find some pleasant people to be around who can make an impartation into your life that can that can edify you and cause your spirit man to be built up so that you can actually um, begin to walk into newness. You have to to get around new things and new experiences. And then you have to see a benefit that far outweighs the original reservation. And so and what that means is you have to find a benefit that is that outweighs the pain that you're feeling right now. If I leave this cave, what will happen to me? Well, what will happen is I walk in a newness of life. That's a benefit that far outweighs staying in a dark cave. That's a benefit that far outweighs keeping my head uh, buried in the sand, pretending like, you know, it's just me and Jesus. You know, I'm all by myself. I don't need nobody else. The benefit is if I step out of this cave, I can meet somebody new who's healthy. The benefit is I can build a better friendship with people who are truthful and who are loyal and who are faithful. The benefit is I, I can um, connect with family members who have my best interests at heart. There are some benefits for you actually changing your attitude about 
life and about what you have actually gone through. And so change your attitude so that you can get the breakthrough that you need and then learn how to focus on what is in your control. So you don't have control of another man's feelings or you don't have control of another person's mind. You don't have control over their actions. You have control over yourself. You have control over your response to what's done to you. You have control over how you react to it. You have control over your mindset, your thoughts about it. You have control of your perception, how you see it. You have control your conversation, how you talk about it, and you have control over how you live as a result of going through what you've gone through. You can, again, stay in the cave and live an unfulfilled life, or you can come out of the cave and live a more fulfilling life because you believe, you're believing for change um, to occur in uh, your life. So you have, to, you have to get focused. You have to learn how to focus so that you can do those things. And that's not hard. I mean, well, let me take that back. That is hard to do. Focus is hard because in overall you've been focusing on the negative. And so now what you have to do is do a shift in your mind and tell your mind to stop focusing on what happened to me and focus on what could become of me, you know, the better person I could be, the healed person, the whole person. Uh, I now have to shift focus and start thinking and focusing on um, uh, better opportunities that can come along. And so... Uh, let me give you a definition of focus. Focus is the ability to stay on track with the plan of God for your life, staying consistently faithful. And so if you want healing to be brought to your life, when you start that journey to, of letting go of the past, in order to stay focused, you have to stay consistently faithful in letting go of the past. You cannot at any moment turn around and pick up a piece that, you know, really got you mad, a piece that really made you angry. You cannot go back and get that. You have to stay consistently focused, saying that if I stay focused, I know if I keep walking in the right direction, eventually I will be able to shake off and get rid of all of the pains and hurts from my past, and I will build my inner man up so that when something happens to me again, even though I feel the prick and pain of it, I won't have to waddle in uh, and um in the the effect that it has upon my life, because I can believe that I have a greater one living on the inside of me. So, you know, uh, what happens when you lose uh, your focus is that you become too busy to hear God's word and, and feed your spirit, man. The only thing you're feeding is the negative situations that have happened in your life. You know, uh, there's a false sense of security, you know, um, in thinking that you've resolved it when you really haven't. You know, when you lose focus, it's called self-denial. You start thinking that you got this thing all worked out. It's, you know, everything is okay. And the reality is everything is not okay. All right? And so um, then you start seeking the approval of, of other people. You know, uh, you start especially the person that hurt you or the person that walked out, you start trying to find their approval because if I could just get a little approval from them, then the pains of rejection won't be so painful. You know, that rejection won't be so painful that the same person caused the rejection. But if I can get them to just approve me, you know, a little bit, then maybe I won't feel so rejected. You know, if I can get them to uh, just... Just, you know, tell me I'm a good person, that it was really you and that you got some issues that you were working on. It wasn't anything that I did that made you leave the relationship. It's not, it wasn't something about me that caused you to walk away from the relationship. Never mind that Joker was a liar. 
Never mind he was a trickster, you know. Never mind that she was unfaithful, she was un you know, disloyal. Never mind any of that. I, I want the I want the liar to kinda of look at me and tell me that, you know, I'm a nice person and it wasn't anything about me, it was all him and you know, now I'm asking the person who hurt me, who caused these wounds, who created these emotional bruises, I'm now so convinced, so in, so much in self denial that I'm I'm gonna go back to the person who did this to me and ask that person to approve me, to confirm me. You know, can you just give me a little nugget? Just feed me a little crumb. Remember I told you on the first night that when you look for them to drop you little crumbs, that's called fanatical love. You know, it's when I'm chasing you and you're not chasing me. You know. That's when I'm chasing you, and you you drop me a little bit every now and then, and you you still pull, you still running from me, and I'm still running behind you. That's fanatical. It's fanatical for me to want you to approve me, and you're the same person that hurt me. You're the same person that lied. You're the same person that stole my money. You're the same person that slipped my tires. You're the same person that smashed my windshield in. You're the same person that walked out on the marriage, walked out on the relationship. You know, you're the same person that ripped me off of my money. But yet, I want you to tell me that it wasn't really me. It was you. They're not going to do that, and if they do it, they got something else in, on the agenda, and they're about to make a, they're about to make another attack. So you can't go back to that person looking for approval. You have to get your approval from God. You have to understand the value, as I told you last night, of your life. You got to believe that your life is valuable, because if you don't, you will let anybody come in and redefine who you are. And once you, be re- once you have been redefined, you don't know which way to go. You have to constantly go to the person who gave you the new definition to find out what you should be doing. And now you got extra baggage on top of other baggage. Okay? So don't seek approval from the person that caused this problem because if you do, what you may be saying is, I'm really trying to find a way to subtly reconnect with you, to subtly get, you know, Keep the doors of communication open. You know, keep the lines of communication open and, you know, keep the door open just in case you might want to come back this way. You know, so I'll let you say a little something to me so that I can get my hopes up. And remember I told you hope deferred makes the heart sick. So you can't go back to the person that, that created the wound and expect them to give you the, the, the medicine for the wound. Okay, so that you, you definitely absolutely don't want to do that. So you got to stay focused. Okay, and then you have to actually um, uh, learn uh, the importance of of staying focused. And so I'm going to let you know why it's important for you to stay uh, focused. And these are some principles that will really help you because it's, these are going to really drive it home for you. You know, focus determines mastery. In other words, what you focus on, you're going to master. And so if you continue to focus on uh, the past, you're going to master the past. And what that means is you're going to become good at telling the story from your past. You're going to become good at being angry. You're going to become a master at being uh, sarcastic. You're going to become a master at being uh, uh, bitter. You know, And then if you're not careful, you're going to become a master of being mean-spirited and just like the person who harmed you? Because since you can't get them to, to pay for what they what they did to you, you'll turn around and catch an innocent person and make that person pay. And because you've had enough time to focus on all of that stuff from the past, you have now become skilled at the very thing that somebody did to you. 
You focused on it so, you kept repeating that story over and over again, focusing on it in the privacy and in the recesses of your mind. Now you have become even better than the person who did it to you. The word says, as a man thinketh, so is he. That's why you can't focus on the wrong thing. You got to focus on the breakthrough that God wants to bring through your life. Because when you become like the trickster, or you become like him, but you've mastered it, so now you've even better. You're better than the trickster, because now included in not just the tricks that he played on you, you now have incorporated in the tricks that he played on you. You got some trickery in there to make somebody pay for the tricks that he played on you. So you've gone beyond even what the person did to you. So it's important that you master the right thing. So anything that has the ability to keep your attention has mastered you. And so that's why you cannot focus on the past because if the past has the, if you give the past that much control, then the past is going to control you and you will not be in control of your life or your future. And so any, your focus determines your master. Your focus determines your energy. You know, think about it for a moment. You know, if, um, if you were sleepy, you know, you put your head on the pillow, you know, uh, and you think all of a sudden you're going to watch TV. I'm going to just lay here for a minute. I'm going to watch television. What's going to happen is uh, because you're focused on being sleepy, you will go to sleep. You won't, the TV will watch you instead of you watching the television. All right. So your your new focus gives you your new energy. So you don't give the energy away to your past anymore. You focus the energy on the newness that God wants to bring to your life. You know, what you look at the longest becomes the strongest in your life. Okay, so you have to look at the future uh, longer than what you've been looking at the past. And it, and it might be impossible for you to kind of gauge that right now because you've been looking at the past for so long. But if you make a resolve within your spirit starting today, or starting this week, as you've been learning this, this week I'm no longer going to look at the fa- at the um, the past. I'm going to start looking at the fu- my present and the future, and I'm gonna keep staring at it, keep looking at it, keep focusing on it until I look at that longer than I've been looking at the past uh, situation. Broken focus in your life creates insecurity and instability in everything around you. And the word of God says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. When your focus is broken, you become insecure. And I promise you, when you become insecure, your life is a total mess because there is nothing that's going to secure you more than the word of God. And if you don't believe that you're valuable to God, and if you don't believe that God has everything in place to help you live a fulfilling life, those insecurities that are the re- are res- resulting from you being hurt, you being um, in a lot of pain, going to take over your life and you're going to become needy, you're going to become clingy, you're going to become... Um, you're going to wear your emotions on your sleeve. You're going to become defensive. You're going to become as what we what we call overly sensitive. Every little thing will bother you. Everything, little thing will hurt your feelings. You're going to become insecure, and you, I mean, and people are going to find it impossible to be around you, and you will find it impossible or hard to actually live your life. So remember, you don't want your focus broken because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And so what you have to focus on is only focus on faith that can produce the miracles that you need right now. And that miracle is to move beyond your past and move into um, your your uh, future. And so focus on the word of God daily because it's necessary to complete um, the healing process in your, process in your life as you go through what you're going through. 
All right. And then focus on hearing and speaking the word of God continuously uh, to make you stronger. And that's important for you to become stronger. So begin to focus on the word of God every day of your life, every day as you're going through this and every day for um, your life. And then uh, there are some things that will break your focus. And you have to remember that your enemy is anyone who breaks your focus from your God-given purpose, assignment, or your life in God. And so when that person tries to come back in, that person is, is not your friend. That person, you have to you have to see this thing differently because when God tells you to come out from among them, separate yourself, you have to break away from what has been hindering you spiritually, mentally, physically, psychologically, emotionally. You have to get your life to a place of safety. That is important. You must do that. Okay. And so in uh, in order to do that, you have to remember to stay focused. Six ways to help you protect your focus. You know, remember that broken focus is going to destroy your life. You gotta take the personal responsibility, be the gatekeeper of your eyes, your ears, and your heart. Nobody can fully put else can fully protect you other than you. Now we know God has us covered. You know, He's He has us covered, you know, our 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 um protection in God is safe. But when it comes to other human beings <clears throat> excuse me, you are responsible for your own protection or your own personal responsibility. Control the kind of um Things that you're listening to, because if somebody else is talking to you about your past, you're going to focus on your past. So be careful of the music you listen to. Be careful of the conversations that you're engaging in. Be careful of what's actually going into your ears, because it will cause you to go into uh, remembering certain things that will cause you to stay um, in the past. All right. So so what you do is you want to keep continuous praise on you. You got to praise God for change. You got to praise God for the breakthrough that's going to happen in your life, so that you can experience the goodness that God wants you to have. So learn how to focus. Learn how to focus on what is it, what is actually in your control. Remember, I told you about the baggage. You know, when you unpack that baggage, take only your personal belongings out. Leave the rest of that stuff in there. Close the baggage up and toss it away. Um, to where it belongs because it doesn't belong to you. And so you're going to have to remember, don't focus on anything that you have no that you don't have control over. And you don't have control over other people. And God does not intend for you to have control over someone else. Okay. And then uh, constant, uh, con- consciously choose to let go of the things that you cannot control. Again, you have to make a conscious effort to let go of those things that you absolutely Cannot control. So how do we forget the past? How do we move the process of forgetting the past? How do we actually do that? Um, So what you have to understand is that forgetting the past becomes a weapon for you. Okay, a strong weapon in your life. Forgetting the past uh, is a hidden weapon that wins the battles for you. You know, the battles that you've been fighting in your emotions. You know, you couldn't seem like to get over that pain. You couldn't resolve those issues. It's because you didn't let go. So if you let go, if you understand it, you know, letting go, that's a hidden weapon that I have. What what you, you know, what that person maybe was doing to you, sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it's unintentional. But when people set out to hurt you intentionally, you know, they're trying to, to hinder your life and they, they say harsh things and sarcastic remarks and they're trying to leave that stain there. You know, because sometimes people say things to you, they look dead in your eyes because they want to see how they're going to affect you because the eyes are the windows to the soul. So I'm going to call you a name or I'm going to say you're not, you ain't about nothing. You know, or you're you're never going to be anything. You know, they hurl certain uh, 
comments at you and they stand flat footed, eyeball to eyeball, and they look at you to try to see, let me see how if that's to affect you. And so, of course, you know, words do hurt. So there are times when you, you, you know, you cry, you swell up with tears, you know, uh, some type of uh, facial expression shows that that was a little painful right there, what you just said, you know. And so they're looking to see what area do they launch that attack in. So you have to remember that, you know, it may hurt me, but if once I build up the um once I develop the skills, rather, that I need to learn how to let go, once I let it go, that's a hidden weapon for me. Letting go of the past is a hidden weapon weapon that I have. You know, forgetting, you know, we think uh, it's a sign of weakness, but, you know, it's not a sign of weakness. It's uh, giving up something, but it's not giving up all of who you are. It's giving up what doesn't belong inside of you, and that's the pain and the aftermath or the effects of some wrong or something uh, that the person has done to you. So it's not... You know, it's not um, it's not a weakness. You know, when you forget, you win the, you you win your own battles, and then you enable others to win theirs. Again, it goes back to once you become strong, other people are excited about that strength that has been renewed on the inside of you, and then they hear your testimony, and now they say, if she can come out, if he can come, or let go of his past, I can let go of my past. All right. So uh, forgetting is a weapon that um, that keeps you. Uh, uh, from com- from staying in the cave and coming out of the cave, you know, because sometimes we we just we stay somewhere too long, you know, and so that's what happens. And so whenever we go through a process where we have to end a relationship or we have to end a a, um, a certain situation, you there are ways that you want to do that if that is in your control or if you have let's say that option. Sometimes people walk out on you. They end relationships suddenly. They walk out, you know, whatever. But um, you still have to respond to what they've done to you. So I'm going to give you some eight keys to ending your past, letting your past go. And you can slip in relationship if that's what your past is. You can uh, put in friendship if that's what your past is. You can put in a, a, a coworker relation uh, type uh, incident or situation that occurred if that's what your past is. You can put in a family uh, episode if that's what the past is. But I'm going to give you ways to actually eight ways, and I want you to write them down if you can, you know, of how to end that and let the past go. Number one, close every door gently. As angry as you can become and as angry as you can be about what has happened to you, the word of God says a soft answer turns away wrath. So when you have to close that door, make sure you close that door uh, gently. Don't slam the door closed. Don't kick the doors closed. Don't yell at the doors. Um, uh, Close the door gently. All right, and so that's what you want to do. Proverbs 15 and 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stirs up anger. As You know, it may have been a painful situation or it may be painful to end that situation or relationship, but you have to do it gently, okay? It's, it's not about revenge and it's not about retaliation. It's about your own well-being. It's about your own emotional strength and safety. It's about your mental state of being, making sure that you don't lose your mind in the process of being hurt. Okay, number two, close doors with forgiveness. And I talked to you a little bit about that last night. You're going to have to forgive. It may take you a minute to um, forget in respect of not remembering as, as easily or having the memory in the forefront of your mind, but you can't. Excuse me, but you can 
uh, close the door with forgiveness because unforgiveness is poisonous. It causes bitterness. It causes anger. It's just it's damaging to your self-esteem. It's damaging to your spirit, man. And so unforgiveness is poisonous. So it, it, you have to close the door with forgiveness. It doesn't mean that you go back to the person and tell them, I forgive you for what you did to me. You know, you may not have the opportunity to go make amends. It may not even be wise to go make amends with some people because if you were coming out of, let's say, an abusive situation, coming out of a situation that was violent, coming out of a situation that was full of anger, coming out of um, a trickery trickery type situation where somebody was ripping you off, you know, taking your money, you know, or whatever, stealing from you, whatever the case may be, it's not wise to always go back into those types of situations trying to make amends. It's, it's wise to let it go, but it's not wise to go try to return to that. So you can forgive without ever having any contact with that person again, okay? Then close the door with kindness, you know. So if that person leaves you and, and when they're leaving, they're cutting up, they're cussing, you know, they're they're uh, slashing you with, with bitter words, you know, uh, and all of that kind of stuff, uh, remember, you know, you don't have to retaliate. And it's not for their sake. It's for your sake. It's for your sake uh, closing the door with kindness. And kindness might just simply be, okay, I'm in agreement with you. And let them go. Let them leave. Don't, oh, please stay with me. I'll try to do better. No. No. You can't make a person stay with you who doesn't want to be with you. You're going to wear yourself out emotionally trying to keep somebody in your life who doesn't want to be in your life. So close that door gently, you know, cry your eyes out, call your best friend, call your girlfriend, whatever, call your cousin, your, your sister, your brother. When they're gone, cry your eyes out, have that moment of grief, have that moment of, of shedding tears. But remember the word of God says that those that shed tears will reap a harvest of joy. So, you know, they may have walked away, but that is not the end of your life. It's painful for them to walk out. It was painful for them to trick you. It was painful for them to lie and get away with this sort of speaking. You know, it's just painful, some of the things that people do to us. But it doesn't mean that you have to stop being kind. It doesn't mean that you have to become like the person who did something to you. Okay, so then close every door with promises fulfilled. You know, don't... um. Don't close that door and think your life is simply over. Remember I told you in Ecclesiastic, it says there's a time to hold on to something, and then there's a time to look, to throw it away. You know, So the promise is that there's a, a time and a season for everything. And if I trust God's word, I know that when this door closes, there's a promise that God has waiting for me on the other side of that, on a, in another door that I can walk through. And I don't have to ever be concerned about when God opens the door. And when I walk through that door, am I going to experience the same thing that this previous door just did to me? Well, you know that's not going to happen because God is a bigger God than that. All right, and then close every door with integrity. Let the let the let the the uh, your past go with integrity. You know, don't say I'm gonna let my past go, but I'm gonna get my last word in. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna say my last two cents. That's not with integrity. Integrity is when you can release it in this in your secret prayer closet, turn it or cast your cares upon God because He cares for you. That's integrity. It's when you can release your past into the hands of God and not ever do anything to retaliate or get revenge. That's when you have integrity. That's when you're walking in a level of maturity that you weren't walking in in the cave. Then close the door with courage. 
being confident of this, he that began a good work in me shall perform it until the day of Christ. You have to close that door with courage. Let your past go with courage. Have no fear. And remember, you have to believe without doubting. You have to let it go without doubt. God, I know when I let it go, I let it go with courage, knowing that you have something new and better for me. And don't go out the next day looking for a quick replacement. Just sit still and see God work in your life. See God open doors, bring new people, bring new opportunities, heal your your emotional area. Let God do that. Then close every door by the timing of the Holy Spirit. Don't stay in that cave too long. You have to know when it is time to come out of the the cave, when it's time to let your past go. Uh, Sometimes we miss it, you know, and somebody has to come to us and say, you know, you should have been, you should have been, you should be finished with that, you know. And we look at them sometimes and we think, oh, they don't understand. No, they're giving you a hint. You should not still be dwelling on the same thing that you were dwelling on three months ago about this situation. And so you have to know when the timing is right. And uh, and, and God is always going to make the timing right because he's not going to um, have you uh, miss it. Well, we might miss it, but God is going to say, let it go now, and that's when you should let it go. Okay, and so that's what you have to remember. So then you have to literally create a personal plan of action that will help you to develop the art of letting go of the stuff in a in a spiritually and emotionally healthy winning way. What do I need to do spiritually to let my past go? Do I need to post sticky notes with scriptures on there reminding me? You know, do I need to attend Bible study more so I can get... Uh, place my in being in the presence of God's word. Do I need to sit still and hear someone teach me about uh, God? Teach me from God's word. You know what do I need to do uh, uh, emotionally? Do I need to to uh, take a break from relationships? Do I need to uh, take a break from friendships? Do I need to take a break from some family uh, situations? What do I need to do for my emotional strength? What do I, whatever it is that I need to do, that is what I have to create that plan of action for. Okay, I'm going to go on a relationship fast for six months, and I'm going to actually surrender myself to God for healing. I'm not going to date anybody. I'm not texting. I'm not going to send no encouragement cards. I'm not going to send I was just thinking about you today cards. I'm not going to send any of that. I'm going to go, if I want to go to dinner, I'm going to take myself out, or I'm going to call my, my girlfriend or my guy friends and say, hey, man, let's go hang out. But I'm not going to find somebody I can go sit in a in a restaurant in this romantic type setting, and then I have all kind of flashbacks and memories, and now all of a sudden I want to be in a relationship. No, I'm going to make sure that my emotions are healthy before I do that so that I will not find myself back into the same situation. So I'm creating a personal plan for me spiritually and for me emotionally. And if it means that I don't engage in certain activities that remind me of my past or remind me of the pain from my past, then I won't engage in those those situations or activities. I'll, I'll just put myself in a safe place, and I'll make sure that I'm healed and I'm whole and I'm healthy before I try connecting with anybody. And so I want to encourage you for that. And so what I want to do right now, uh, as I did on last night as we're winding down, I want to open up the uh, phone lines, or if you're in the chat room and you have something, a comment or a question, you can um, type it in the chat box and hit send. And it'll pop up on the screen for me, and I'll and I'll deal with whatever, make a comment or 
whatever you put in the chat room. And if you're listening by phone, if you want to make a comment, and I encourage you to do that, uh, you can let me know how you've enjoyed the teaching. It doesn't have to be uh, anything personal that you want to talk about. But if you do have something, if you have a question about tonight or any of the nights if you've listened or if you have a question about maybe what you're going through, then all you have to do on the telephone is press the number one. And I'll know when you're ready uh, and because it, it'll signal me that, that you're ready. So if you have a comment or a question and you're listening by telephone, then all you have to do is press the number one and it will let, let me know uh, that you have uh, a comment or a question. So I want to encourage you that when you're going through the process of letting go, that you remember the things that um, that I taught on tonight because we cannot do this alone. Always, I, I'm gonna say it for the rest. Even tomorrow night, I'm gonna say it again. Two are better than one. Two are better than one. You cannot do this thing by yourself. The only thing that's gonna happen by yourself is you're gonna sink into a hole. You're gonna become sad. Your sadness at some point, if you're not careful, will turn into depression. Depression is gonna cause you to live an unfilled life. Then the next thing you know, it's gonna be so overwhelming and so bad that you're gonna need uh serious therapy to come out if you turn into clinical depression. But you have to recognize, you know, you have a grieving period, but you don't want to grieve too long about this thing. And so when you realize that maybe this is I've been I've been feeling the pains of this too long. That's when it's time to get the help that you need. That's when it's time to call on a strong friend, you know, or to get somebody to recommend a professional to you so that you can get the help that you need. But it's the only way that you're going to the only way that you're going to live the abundant life, you're going to have to free up some space for abundance to be able to reside in your life because abundance is not going to reside on top of pain, hurts, resentment, bitterness, anger, madness. It's not going to reside there. So you have to clear the way for the abundant life to show up. You have to make some room for abundance. You have to make room for prosperity in your spirit, you know, for your mind to be renewed, for you to take on, uh, to have right minds and the the bad memories to leave and taking, uh, developing a new, uh, uh, train of thought or shifting in your mind, you have to make some room for that to occur. And so you have to get rid of the baggage. You really have to get rid of the baggage. If not, it's going to it's going to sit there and it's going to take up space. And five years from now, you're going to wonder why you haven't gotten any further. You're going to wonder why, you know, you don't have better relationships. You're going to wonder why, you know, you're still going tit for tat in your family relationship and people are angry and bitter. You're going to be wondering why. We're trying to figure that stuff out. And it's going to be because, well, you didn't you didn't make room for anything new to show up. And so, again, uh, before we uh, end this show on tonight, if you're on the phone lines and you have a question or a comment or uh, if you would like to just say if you enjoyed the teaching on tonight or if it was helpful for you, you can press the number one. I'll bring you on and uh, we'll hear your comments. Uh, and so if no one wants to do that or if you're in the guest, if you're a guest in the chat room, please um Post a comment. We'll read. I'll read it, and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to call out your area code, not your whole number. And um, when you hear your area code call out, and if I see similar area codes, I'll call out the last four digits of your number. So we have somebody from area code three um, zero five, and so I'm going to bring you on now. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I really am enjoying your show. First time I've tuned in, and I've been blessed for the last 30 minutes. Oh, I really, bless you. I really, really appreciate you. I oh. uh, I wanted to, um, uh, this has been, uh, I'm, a, I'm a minister, and I'm, okay. also, I'm also an author. 
And um, try, trying to summarize uh, the last four years in, in two in two seconds here, I, I basically uh, I'm a counselor as well. I wrote okay. a book. Uh, I wrote a book, Blessed, Balanced, and Complete. And one of my situations, what happened is uh, counseling a a woman that was uh, separated from her husband who had cheated on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both fell in love, and uh, it was a beautiful scenario. But obviously, it was out of order. It was uh, the timing was wrong, and um, I I fell in love with her in such a way that I've never felt for a woman in my life like this. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to let go because um, the husband found out, and the husband uh, kind of begged me to please, you know, uh, they have two kids together, and to I know she's in love with you, but you know uh, I want to restore my marriage. I know I messed up, I cheated, whatnot. And I said, you know what, I uh, I got to step out. And I and she got mad at me for stepping out, but I had to do it because as a Christian man of God, I had to do what I had to do. And besides, like I mentioned, it was out of order. But it's been two years trying, mm-hmm. to, forget, trying to forget her. I'm walking in purity. I'm walking in celibacy again. Uh, mm-hmm. I went four years walking in purity and celibacy, and then I, um, I, I fell into sin with her. I, not fell, I committed sin with her. Okay. Um, and now some of the things that you've mentioned have been amazing because I know I'm hanging on I'm hanging on to God's stuff shall not be outdone. And in the end uh, uh I know that God's stuff will be the best, but I keep looking back and I can't help mm-hmm. it because when you walk in celibacy and you you can't help it but going going back sometimes to that last time that you guys were together. And it doesn't help when she calls me for my birthday or she calls me for right. and things as such and Christmas. And right. uh, I don't know what else to do because I, I love what you said about the six months. Uh, I wish you can put that on, on uh, Ginger's uh, website, uh, I mean, uh, Facebook, the six things to let go of the past. I only wrote down four. But one of them that, that I wrote was uh, six months to heal and and just you know connect with God instead of trying to get over this person with another woman. Uh, right. What do you suggest as far as like you know what else can I do to put this okay. behind because it's been like almost two years. Two years, right, right. Okay, well let me ask you this before I give you that. It's like have you forgiven yourself? Yeah, totally. You have. You okay? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. that's because that's, sometimes when there's a struggle of letting go, especially in the scenario that you describe, it's because, especially when, you know, as ministers, you know, uh, as, as, as pastors and ministers, it's because sometimes, you know, we know better. And, you know, and, and we've done this thing, and so now we struggle with the forgiveness. But you say you've forgiven yourself. Probably, I've forgiven myself, and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm single, meaning mm-hmm. um, I was married before. Mm-hmm. We're a total of like uh, uh, 10 years, and mm-hmm. uh, we have an 18-year-old son, but we're divorced. Okay. So when I got, um, uh, when I'm single now, I've been single since, uh, for the last seven years, I met this woman four years ago, and it was like an instant connection. We had everything, you know, the physical, the, the soul, the, the friendship, the, the Christian part. The only negative was it was complicated because she was not a completely free woman yet. And I was counseling with her, and my intention, may God be my witness, was to actually restore her marriage. But mm-hmm. one thing led to another, and that's why I never counsel married women anymore. And uh, one thing led to another, and uh, we fell in love, and we fell in love hard, mutually. But now she's having a tough time moving on, and I'm having a tough time moving on. And yet she's married, and she has her husband, and she has two, you know, twin girls. And so I have to continue 
taking on my, my scenario. So what do you? Right. Um, you know, it's, but you did. That, did, I, did I hear you correctly? That was some intimacy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Have you prayed for God to break that soul tie? Yes. You have. Okay. Yes, I have, and, I, and uh, it's totally been broken. It's just I'm dealing with the memory of it. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, did you hear what you just said? If it was totally broken, there would be no memory. Well, I mean, it's kind of like like the speck in your eye. Sometimes the speck falls in your eye, and and you take the speck out, but it still like tingles there in your eye, and it, it, it pretends like it's there. But I hear you. Okay. Yeah, and I hear you. I hear you. I really do. And what I'm going to suggest to you is that you pray again for God to remove the complete soul tie. Okay. okay. Remove the complete soul tie because that means that um, the memory is still there, and the memory is what's more damaging than anything. Because yes. in your memory, what can happen is if you're not careful, in your memory, that's how powerful our minds are. In your memory, in the recesses of your imagination, you may not be doing it physically, but I bet you can see it. You know, so, yeah, you can see the last act. You can see the last two acts. You can see, you know, however many. You go all the way back to the first act in your mind, in the memory, in the recesses of your memory. Your imagination is powerful. It can actually show you again. You well, know. especially when you're walking in celibacy, like I have for the last two years. So, right. if, I mean, if you had a wife or a husband, then okay, you know, it wouldn't have been so strong. And so, it, I'm getting to the be, point. Okay, but it, it can be just as strong, even if you, let's say, if you were still married and she was, of course, was still married. It could okay. still be that strong. Absolutely, it could still be that strong. That's what I'm saying. That's how powerful the memory is. You know, it's um, uh, it, it it gives you a mental. A view, a picture of what it is that you were doing, and so you you're gonna to have to go back, uh, not go back, but once again pray God remove the complete soul tie. I don't want to have the physical connection anymore. I don't want to have the memory. Uh, and please remove the complete memory uh, of that act because that's the act that's bothering you. You know, it's, it's not only that. It's also like when she, like uh, she doesn't call me, but when she does, like for my birthday last time in March. She said, you know, I know you're not waiting on me, but I know that my marriage is dead. I'm just hanging on for my girls, and sooner or later I'm going to do what i got to do, not for you. I'm going to do it for me, and if you're available, I'll be there with you. And and and, and, and uh, I'm like, wow, why did she say that? You know, it kind of like makes me well, subconsciously want to wait for her. And, why? And, and let me tell you, well, I'm glad you said that. Let's stop right there. You know why she said it? So that you would think just what you just thought. What she's doing is, and and I hear you. I find you know, time. Right, I hear you. You know about being in love and all that stuff. But what she's doing when she makes those phone calls and she tells you if you'll be there, yada yada yada. What she's really saying indirectly is, I want you to wait. You right. know, I don't know how long this is going to take, but I want you to wait. You've right. already said out of your own mouth that being a man of God, you know, this is not of God. This is not the order. A question God, for you, right here, right, right, mm-hmm. right at this moment, right now. Uh, mm-hmm. It, some people have mentioned to me that this could have been an evil assignment from the enemy to trap me, to prevent me from writing my second book and whatnot. A question for you. Do you believe that evil assignments can become a blessing later? Um, I believe that God honors his word. And as you said earlier, that this is not this is not the order of God. And so uh, I believe Nothing's that... Nothing's going to happen now, basically. Huh? That nothing's going to happen now because it's out of order. Right. But in other Probably, words, if, I, if it will happen, it's going to be when she's a free woman. Um, no. 
if it if it does happen, it'll be uh, it'll be because it's God's will, not because she's free. I got you. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it'll be because it's God's will. But right, right you know, but and she doesn't determine that for you, okay? The memory doesn't determine that for you. So what you're going to have to do in addition to prayer, covering yourself in prayer, as hard as this is going to be for you, you're going to have to do it. you got to break communication because as long as you're talking to her, the soul tie is still there. It's mm-hmm. there. Every time, every time you – now, those text message things, I, I, you can't stop that from what I hear. But the telephone calls, you, you, can, you, you can look at that call and not answer it. Or – you can take a bold step of faith, and you, as a man of God, can explain to her that this is not God's order, this is not healthy for me, and I'm going to have to break communications with you. I pray that, yeah, and, and you encourage her, and you say, you know, I pray that God's will will prevail in your life, but right now, especially as a man of God, I cannot allow myself to be put in position where my evil, my, my good will be spoken evil of. I can't be put in a position where I will fall again. I can't because my assignment is greater than any attraction that I have for you or any attraction that you have for me. And so I can't feed it any longer, anymore. I can't take a call. I can't make a call. I have to, I have to honestly give it to God and leave it there and, you know, not even wonder if God is going to turn that thing around. Not wonder if God, this is, you know, um, God, yeah, you know, surrender. what I'm going to get. Right. And so you're going to have, you know, if you're going to have to make that call. If she calls you again, you're going to have to say those words. You're literally going to have to tell her, I have to break communications with you. I can no longer communicate with you. I cannot have any type of association with you because it was out of order, and right now I need to get my life back in order to God's order. I can't, I can't receive what you're saying to me that you know you're going to do it. It's not for me; it'll be for you. And if, but if I'm around, there are no right. but ifs. She can do whatever she wants to do or whatever she feels that she's that she's led to do. But as a man of God, you have to take control. I am of the situation, and, and I have, have to, and I and I have. Yeah. I just can't control sometimes. When she calls me on my birthday and she calls me from different numbers and and you know it's not that she she's not chasing me now because she does respect me that I'm a man of God and I mm-hmm. preach the word and I'm an author and all that but uh, you know the, the the one thing you said there that has me a little puzzled you said if it's the will of God he'll make it happen it's not going to be the will of God if she's married well we know it's not I'm not talking about that that's oh, not what okay. I said. yeah no that's not what I said you asked me you said will it uh, if it if it's God's will it'll happen it'll happen when she's free. Oh, or something about, remember you said something about right, right. it was going to happen, it will happen when it's free, and I said not necessarily. It, it won't necessarily happen because she's free. It'll happen about, because of his will. I got you, I got you. Yeah, I got you got you. me now? Yeah. Got it's not going to happen. Yeah. See, her being free, doesn't. This, this, that's not the determining factor if it will happen or not. The determining factor is if it's God's will. And okay? how do you know? How do you know? I mean, if, if, even, even if she was single. Even if no, no, uh, let's take her out of the equation. Let's take any woman right now or any right. man. Uh, how would you really, really, really know that, that, that he's, you know, because uh, maybe maybe it's just me. Okay, no problem. Okay. How do you really know it's God's will? Okay, what, what, okay. What, well, what as, a man, as a let me say this. As a man of God, how do you really know what you're supposed to preach to the people? How do I really know? Because of my mm-hmm. spirit. I speak, uh, um, God speaks to my spirit. If God will speak to your spirit about speaking to his people, 
would he not speak to your spirit about your own life? I got you. See, we sometimes, sometimes spiritually, we overcomplicate relationships. We do. And, and, and I'm with you. I'm with you on that about knowing the one and being sure and whatever. You know, we know the basic things. We know we know the godly characteristics to look for, right? But right. we also know that more than one woman in the body of Christ could have the same godly characteristics, True. right? True. Absolutely. So if you believe that God speaks to your spirit to tell you what to preach to the people or, you know, whatever he speaks to you about, then you have to believe that God will not just speak to your spirit about what he wants you to do uh, for the kingdom and what he wants you to do for the body of Christ, and your, you know, but he will also speak to your spirit about your life. All righty. I got gotcha. you. Got gotcha. you. Absolutely. That's a good word absolutely. right there. Yeah. Absolutely. Are you, are you going to be tuned in tomorrow? Yes, it's tomorrow night at um, 8.30 Central Standard Time. I don't know where well, you call it from. But uh, I'm calling from Eastern Time. Where's, what time would that be? That's going to be 9.30 your time. 9.30 my time? Okay, yeah. I'm going to tune in. You were very, very helpful. You gave me some nuggets here to help me go on a little bit. And because, goodness, this has been like one of the biggest struggles of my entire life. And I'm going to tell you, and that's and, and, and honestly, honestly, just going, and I don't know all the details, just what you put, what you put out here in the atmosphere. What um, the struggle is coming from that that intimate connection. That's where it's coming from, you know. And so, it's it, it you know it's real hard because uh, when you are in love with a person, and then there's you fall in love, and then there's some intimacy that's involved in that. There's a you know like a covenant type thing that has been established, whether it was out of order or in order. It's still some type of covenant that was a you know. No, I felt uh, that she, I felt like she was going to be my wife. That's how much we right. loved each other. You know, it was really intense. Let's put it that way. Right. And, it was intense. Uh, you know, right. and, and when you go four years without it, and then all of a sudden. <laughs> You're with somebody, you know, it's like free willy style here, and then you're like, what's going on? So it's like everything is magnified, and so, but nevertheless, it was, uh, as, as soon as it was over, the conviction of the Holy Spirit would be on me, I'm like, oh, God, i got to stop this, you know, and, and it's amazing. Right. I, I wanted to, it, it just, you know, it happened, you know, I, right. I, I don't consider myself a saint, but if in the last six years I've only been with one woman, I think that's pretty good. But uh, and, and it's not easy. It's not easy walking in singleness. You know, I'm a decent looking guy, but I love the Lord <laughs> with all my heart. And uh, I just, you know, uh, women yeah, hit me absolutely. all over the place. I'm not even tempted by them. I'm not even tempted by all these other women in Facebook. I have like five thousand friends and send me sometimes uh, pictures topless and whatnot. I'm not even tempted by any of that. I'm 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 only tempted by this particular person. Right. It was an intense connection and chemistry. You know. And, I, and let me say this to you, because you mentioned something about, you know, people were telling you that maybe this was the trick of the enemy and yada, yeah. yada, yada, and all that kind of stuff. And we do know that the enemy attacks us, and he, you know, sends little fiery darts, and he sends things in our way to trap us and, you know, get us off course and all those kinds of things. You know, we do know that that happened. But also there are some things that we just mess up. Yep. Okay. And so it, it, it was sound, from what you said now, from what you said, it sounds like just a mess up. You messed up. You know, so, Yeah. And um, and I'm going to encourage you. You also said uh, that that's this is the reason why now you don't counsel uh, married women. Let I me don't. say some, let me say something to you about that. Uh, the gifts and callings are without repentance. We know that, but we also know that when we mess up, we can repent, and God is a forgiving God. You're going to have to ask God to to uh, the word to to examine you and show you on the inside what's on the inside of you that would be a hindrance. If you had to counsel another married woman, okay, 
You have to ask God to show you that and because you can't make that decision because whatever your assignment is, you have to complete it. And so if uh, uh, God's assignment, a part of your assignment is that you counsel God's people. Oh, you're, you deep, can't, you're deep. You're deep. You're deep. Go yeah, ahead. You I'm, I'm writing this down because I, I've okay. never, I, I'm, I'm receiving it in my spirit right now. Okay. If your assignment. If your assignment is that you have to counsel God's people, then you don't get to pick and choose who you counsel. You have to do what God tells you to do. Oof. And so whatever that is, and maybe it's a fear. And if, it, if, if it's a fear because of what the, mis- the mistake that was made, you know, you it's, might say, well, I better. It's, it's, not, it's not only that. It's like, uh, I, the, the few others that I counsel, mm-hmm. not necessarily that I would slip and fall again. Mm-hmm. And forget mm-hmm. it to slip and fall. This is not Humpty right. Dumpty uh, here. We, we choose right. to have sin, you know. And right. and when we sin, uh, um, what hap- what has happened to me is some of these women they're very very vulnerable, and all of a sudden you know you, you're counseling them, and you know you're you're decent looking guy, you're single and whatnot, uh-huh. and all of a sudden they start looking at you like the next husband, and I'm okay. like wait a second whoa 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 this is just a counseling session, and they're like you know I wish my husband was like you, and I've yeah. received mm-hmm. I've received a lot of compliments like that. And I'm like, listen, the one that loves you is at home. It's not me. And so, you know, I have to, I had to stop at one point because it was getting a little bit too dangerous. Not for right. me, because uh, um, even though I, I, I committed sin with this woman, we were friends for a year without nothing. I wouldn't even touch her for a year, but mm-hmm. while I was counseling with her and whatnot. But then one thing led to another, and you know, it happened. But the, with these other women. I've noticed that they're they're very vulnerable, and and uh, it all depends on who they are. And so, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it in prayer, like you mentioned, because mm-hmm. m- and not exclusively eliminate every married woman, because maybe some won't look at me as the next husband. Maybe right. some will really take the advice, you know, uh, literally. And, so. and let me tell you, and 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 in addition to that, you, what you want to do is you want to ask God uh, uh, to show you how to. Um, Increase your knowledge and your skills in counseling married women. You got to okay. learn how to do that. You have to develop the skill for, to be a counselor, and you have to develop the knowledge to be a counselor. Because the most important thing is if you have the if you have the word on your tongue for her situation, you have to release it. And so gotcha. you have to take control of that counseling situation. You have gotcha. to set those boundaries, and you have to be firm about it. But prior to that, before you if you if you know before you start doing it again, ask God to show you how to, where you can learn how, how to develop your skills as a counselor, as a pastoral counselor, and then to teach you about uh, counseling married women. So you may have to read, do a little reading or something, or talk to a professional counselor, get some um, ideas or some techniques and skills, and, and teach you how to control the environment. When you're in a session, but you know, and you it may take a little break and go and learn how to do that, and then prepare yourself because um, the Word of God says that God does not give us a spirit of fear, but a power, right. love, and a sound mind. And I know we need to be cautious in certain areas, but we don't need to. You know, that's when God tells us to be cautious. We don't need the enemy to instill fear and have us miss our assignment or a part of our assignment out of fear. Gotcha, gotcha. I appreciate okay. you. That's a very good word, and I appreciate it. Are, are you on Facebook? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, so you could... I, I got here Ginger London. Who's Ginger London? I'm Ginger. Oh, well, I, I, I have a picture here of somebody with a curly hair and then somebody with a straight hair. Yeah, both, that's both me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got yeah. you. All right, no, I'm your friend already. I'm your friend oh, already. 
Okay, well, when you uh, just go to the just go to the wall and remind me to put that out there for yeah. you, or I'll send you okay. send it to your email. So send me an email. Say please send me those six points. You're very deep, yeah, and I appreciate you so much. God bless you, woman of God. God bless you. Thank you. I'm gonna keep my prayers. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Okay, we want to thank that thank the the man of God for his honesty. Uh, in that, you know, a, a lot of uh, ministers and pastors and folks in ministry find themselves in those types of situations. Sometimes, you know, uh, we can beat up on ourselves, and sometimes we can actually pray and ask God to forgive us, and he does, and to heal us. And sometimes we still got some extra steps when we realize that it's still lingering, got to go back into prayer. Still lingering, go back into prayer until everything has been gone. And an example is that is when when Jesus touched a blind man, he said, okay, you know, what do you see? And one of them said, you know, well, I see uh, people that look like trees walking around. That means his vision wasn't clear yet. Okay. He saw the people, but he couldn't, he could not describe, describe them clearly. He could not give an accurate uh, assessment of what he was seeing. And so Jesus had to touch him again. And when he touched him again, he saw the people as people and the trees as trees. And so whenever you go through a situation like that, sometimes you got to get another touch so that you can see it clearly and see yourself clearly as to what needs to take place and what deliverance or whatever it is that needs ask God to touch you again. So we have just a few minutes left. If uh, someone else on the line uh, has a comment uh, or a question, please press the number one on your phone. If you're in the chat room, uh, post your comment and I'll read it and deal, you know, and talk about it. So if you or if you just want to, it doesn't have to be an issue. It can simply be a comment uh, that you um, enjoyed the teaching on uh, tonight. And now you have to do okay. If you're area code four four three, I'm bringing you on now. How you doing? Hi. Hi. Bobby, used to me now. I've been following <laughs> you all week, and yeah. I just want to say that um, you have really blessed me. All okay. the areas that you've been talking about, it's. A lot of it, I see myself in that. That it, it is me, and even the person that I was dealing with, it's it's both of us. And I've been writing down everything that you told us to write down, um, all the points tonight. I've just been keeping up with it all. And once I get off the phone with you, I go to my Bible and read over everything. And um, it's just really helping me because it was a hard. It is a hard process of trying to let go and all. And um, and I can see where a lot. A lot of this breakup was not just him, and I, I don't want you to think that I'm taking up for him. It was both of us, you know, because, I mean, I had some wrong in it too. But um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to move on. I'm going to follow the steps and everything. But I just wanted you to know that you have really, really helped me with this because I wouldn't have been able to get through this, I tell you. It's, it's, it's a struggle. And I've I've grown a lot, you know. I've you know I've asked, I prayed, God, prayed to God and asked him, to, you know, take the desire away from me to want to talk or anything, you know, and he's he's really helped me with that, you know. So you, you just really, I just want to say you just really helped me with this. And I look oh, forward God to tomorrow. Oh, God bless you. God bless you. Night. Thank you so much. And oh. it's really- it's really a, a a great testimony to hear, you know, because yes, we since Tuesday night you, you didn't say anything Friday, but you started talking Tuesday, and so it's really a blessing to hear that you that you have received the teaching and that you're open for growth and for change. Mm-hmm. That is the blessing, and mm-hmm. and whenever you're going through something similar to whatever anybody goes through, if you remember that change is purposeful, and in order for change, as I said tonight, you need information 
you need the information that's going to help you change, and that's crucial. You can't if you could do it by yourself, it would have already changed. I know. And tonight, like the gentleman said, it was deep because everything you were saying, I was like, I mean, I've been applying since Monday when it first started. That was my first time getting on this, mm-hmm. and um, because I'm, I've been following you on Facebook as well. Okay. And, um, and when I first, that's how I got hooked up. And when I first saw that last week when it said it was going to be go from a broken heart, I'm like, oh, I definitely have to get on this. So I've just been following it. And I just hope, is this the end? Well, tomorrow's the last night for this yes. particular segment, right? Right. So do you are you on the air every night just talk, discussing different things uh, no, uh, no, other no, than... Yeah, uh, yeah. We're not on every night. I normally mm-hmm. schedule when I come on. I normally schedule a series. Sometimes it's like okay. two, three days. Sometimes it's a week. And so mm-hmm. um, we are. We do. As a matter of fact, we actually. Uh, I actually am going to have a series that's coming up. Uh, we we just haven't uh, put a date on it yet, but it's mm-hmm. going to be a series for. Uh, we're going to do two separate series. We're going to do mm-hmm. a series for single women. And we're going to do a series for single men. So if the pastor is still listening, we're going to actually do a series for single men and single women. And then we might do one where we bring them together. You know, but we're going to do two separate series um, for the single man and then also for uh, single women. And so when we get the dates in place for the show, we'll definitely put it on Facebook and, you know, put it out there on Facebook and some of the other social sites that I'm on that we're a part of. And if you're a part of the the e-club on my website, uh, you'll get an email from me telling you when those d- dates are. If you're not an E-Club member, you can go to www.gingerlondon.com and sign up as an E-Club member. And we, we send notices out um, uh, through the website as well. And so we are going to have some other things coming up that's going to help you in the area of relationships, and um, especially after this week because, you know, getting emails and people responding and putting certain things in the chat room, you know, some uh-huh. of the issues that people are dealing with, then we – so uh, God has impressed upon me to do some more relationship-focused uh, type teachings. And so I am going to um, to make sure that I actually do that. And so we are going to schedule that. So I'm thank you for, for mentioning that so I could be able to say that. And I want to thank you for all this week of being here and opening up just um, – uh, and sharing your personal life as well as the man of God that was on right before you, because I know sometimes that's really challenging to do. But uh, you know, the Word of God says we ought to confess one to another. You know, I'm not supposed to take my stuff outside the kingdom. You know, I'm supposed to keep it in the kingdom, and the kingdom is supposed to be able to hear it and then tell me what I need to do about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and then I uh, have thank one you. More thing okay. To say because I'm, I know we have to get off the air, and like I was listening to him and like. The person that I was involved with, like, like I was telling you, he was a man of God as well. And, mm-hmm. like, he had went through his thing, you know, with his divorce and all of that. So after he had came back in my life, I think I told you the other night, we had went together, like, maybe 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. all. And so he comes back as a man of God. But, I'm, you know, I, go, I attend church, and I'm still learning, but I wasn't as advanced as he was. And the things he would tell me, you know, I would, it was like I would, I would hear it, but I wasn't hearing it. So it's like the night that he left, like he walked out, like I noticed you say, like when a person walks out of your life, you know, and I'm like, well, is it over? And he's like, I don't know, I'll call you or whatever. And I'm like, well, I'm thinking, well, Dad, could it have been me as well? You mm-hmm. know, maybe, you know, I'm feeling like, you know, you know, he's trying to teach me about the Word of God and stuff like that, but by me not being on the same level that he was spiritually, and all, I said, maybe I was wrong. I mean, I don't want to make it seem like I'm accepting all the blame because, I mean, we both were wrong. But mm-hmm. a lot of it I may have 
pushed him away be, from that, be, from me, you know, as far as him being up on a higher level and just different things we went through. But, I mean, now that we've been apart, it's been like mm-hmm. months now, I've had a lot of time to think and a lot of things that you were saying to do and not to do. I had mm-hmm. I had done that even before I had um, saw you on Facebook. You know, I had, had you know, had got had gotten rid of all the negativity and, you know, stuff like that. And all, but I'm just thinking. I know I played a part in it too. And at the time, I didn't want to accept that. It's, it has taken me a while to accept that. I'm I'm guilty as well. We're both guilty. I'm not going to put it all on him. Mm-hmm. And I'm not taking up him or nothing like that. But I I'm seeing myself better since I've been listening to you. That I may have had a lot to do with it as well as him. It doesn't excuse the fact that he walked out because he shouldn't have walked out without saying anything and ignoring me. And I'm like, well, maybe like you said, sometimes you have to ignore the person. Because they're, um, it may not be good for you. And I'm thinking, well, maybe that might be why he ignored me. Okay, and let me tell you this. And I'm going to tell you this. And if you tell me this tomorrow night, I'm going to tell it to you again. Stop trying to figure out why he did what he did. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to get into that man's mind. You're not going to know that. And, what is, and I'm going to tell you what I hear you saying. Even though you said we both had a part in it, you can't. You keep coming back to maybe I did it. Maybe this. Maybe because I. Maybe because he was on a higher level, spiritual level than I was. You know. Let me just break this down for you. He could not have been that much higher, because if he was that much higher, some of the things that you were saying would not have occurred. Because the word of God is alive and active, and any time the word of God is functioning in somebody's life. And yielded and 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 submitted to the word of God. There are some things that are just not going to happen. Right. Period. So any time you could, you know, it's one thing to quote scripture. It's another thing to actually live in obedience right. to God's word. And right. so a lot of people mm-hmm. can quote scripture, you know, mm-hmm. but they still are not um, living the right. life that God and wants that them was to him live. Because he was, from what I could see, he was really good at quoting the scripture. But then he he was living a worldly life too, as far as like in material things and stuff like that. You know, he was like right. Hold on a second. Hold on a second for me. For those who are in the chat room, and if you're listening by the um, radio, if you're listening online, uh, we're about to go live. Go off the air live. We'll still be on. Um, so if you want to still continue in participate in the conversation, call area code call area code six four six nine two nine. Two four three one six four six nine two nine four three one. Thank you for listening live, and we're off. Okay, so let me say this to you: It's um, um, this is going to be real important for you. You have to stop um trying to figure out his part. That's going to be stop. I'm telling you, you got to stop figuring out his part, and you only have to look at what. The effect or in your life that that occurred from you being in a relationship with him. No more trying to figure out what he did, why he did it. You know, uh, and, and anytime somebody tells you, you know, well, I don't know if it's over. Let me think about it. I'll get back with you. You might as well write that off as it's over. You know, you're going to leave me hanging. Why you go, what? Why you go think about it? He's not thinking about it, girl. I'm just straight with you. He's not thinking about it. So um, it's not about him thinking about it. And what's going to be, I'm going to just be real straight with you, what's going to be more devastating to you than anything is if you sit and hold on 
and giving him that chance to come on coming back to to after he's thought about it. If at any point in time that you find out, if you find out that he's engaged with in, involved with somebody else in another relationship, why are you supposed to be holding on while he figures this thing out? That is going to hit you harder than a ton of bricks. Right. That's going to hit you hard because you know what? Because somewhere over here, you got hope that is deferred. And the Bible says that makes the heart sick. So it's not about him anymore. It honestly is not about him anymore. It's about your well-being. It's about your emotional strength. It's about your changing your thought life. It's about getting rid of that memory. It's about um, uh, coming into a newness in life. It's not about it. And that's why I said you're really going to need some help with this because it's you're still trying to figure out his part in it, and you're still trying to justify what he did by saying, well, maybe I pushed him away. Well, maybe he didn't have good intentions from day one. How about that? And I don't know the whole story, but that's why you can't try to figure it out because you'll never know the whole story. So don't try to figure it out anymore. Let it go, sis. You really have to let it go because it's going to hurt you emotionally if you don't. You have to let it go. It's not about him Anymore, It's about your well-being. It's about your emotional and spiritual state and your mental state. This thing is going to drive you bananas if you don't let it go. So you really have to um, let it go. I know it's hard. It really is hard because of, and I'm going to go back to the same thing that I told the gentleman. It's hard because of the intimacy that's involved in it, that one flesh act. You know, that covenant that was made in that intimacy, that's why it's hard because that's a mo- one of the most sacred parts of your being. And it got released into the hands of the wrong person. And so now you're connected and you're trying to break that, you know, and you're trying to understand why. And because you're connected to the wrong thing, now it feels like rejection or you're struggling with trying to get rid of the memory of it and all of those things. And that's why you got to pray, God, release me completely. From this situation, the memory, the, the the thoughts of it, the imaginations, the 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 what I the love that I thought that I had, the feelings that I had, the soul ties. I need to be um, break me free from it, God, completely free from it. You got to get completely broken from that thing, and that's what you're gonna. That's what's gonna have to happen for you because if it doesn't. You're going to be another year from now talking about the same relationship. And you're, going to, you're going to miss out on whatever God has for you if you let this go. You follow me? Yes, you're, and you're absolutely right. You're right. And, you know, and it's been like two months now, you know, and I haven't seen him, you know, or talked to him. Like I was telling you, I was sending all those texts mm-hmm. and he didn't answer. Mm-hmm. Then I had stopped sending texts for like three weeks. And um, all of a sudden, he sent me that mm-hmm. text on Easter, and that was that. And so I'm thinking, like I was telling you last night, well, when Mother's Day comes, and I'm thinking all day today, I'm like, well, I'm, should I do? What he, if he, if so happens, he should text me on Mother's Day. I shouldn't just, I shouldn't answer it. I should just, <coughs> you know, me. I don't think I should answer it. I mean, what do you think on that? If he just texts you know, me, you know, well, let me tell you, let me tell you what I think. I think he should stop, you, 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 girl. Your thoughts have gone from what he did in the past to what you think he might do in the future. 
<laughs> you got to stop thinking about him. I'm this is I'm serious. Like I, I say, I'm laughing. And it I is got so hard. Boy. Yeah, it is hard. It is hard. I mean, you, you know, that you literally it's a struggle. Honestly, gonna have to I stop. Pray. About, mm. Yeah, you got to let it go. You got to let. And I told you the other night, Jesus said it like this: Some of these things come out through fasting and prayer. You got to really seek the face of God and and fast. And this time I'm talking fasting like from food. And you got to get into okay. the presence of God, and you have to say, God, I need this broken off of my life. Because now you've gone into the future trying to figure out what he's thinking, what he may think or what he may do. And then how do I respond if he does it? You try to figure out in the future what he may or may not do. And so you 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 honestly, honestly got to get broken from this because it has overtaken your your life. Your thought life, your conversation, you know, um, and, and let's back it up. Let's start from Tuesday, Wednesday, now here we are, Thursday. And do you realize that you're telling me the same story the same way? Tonight. So that's why it's important that you have to get this out of your spirit because it has become like a, a repeated cycle uh, conversation in your life, and that's not good. That's not good. God has something better in store for you. So it's real important that you do it. And I know, and let me tell you, when you go through the process, you know, you may have to uh, speak it for a minute, but you got to start catching yourself, okay? You got to start catching yourself. Instead of telling the story again, let me give you an example. Can I give you an example? Yes. Okay. Like, instead of telling me again that um, he might text me on Mother's Day, I'm not sure, so... Instead of saying it like that, you know, well, I was thinking today, hmm, what would I do if he texts me on Mother's Day? One way that you can get around the story, if you're talking to somebody who help, can help you, is you can say, without telling the story, you can say, what do if I do if what, what should I do if he texts me on Mother's Day? Just make it a question right. without the story, okay? And then that puts you in a place where you're open for just the answer. And then you have to say, okay, whatever that answer is, am I willing to do it? So the answer but is. But that's what you, I'm asking you, because I, I mean, I've told a couple friends and stuff like that, but I haven't gotten really real deep with them like that. That's why one of the things I wanted to ask you tonight, you know, what should I do? Should I ignore it, or should I just say thank you, or what? Right. I'm going to tell you because of the, because of the, the, the intensity of your connection to him. I'm going to tell you to ignore it. You'll see it. Okay, hey, mm-hmm. all right. And put and, and focus on it this way. Mother's Day is, if it's not the largest holo- celebrated holiday, it's close to the largest. It's probably number two, but I think it's number one. So mm-hmm. you're going to get happy Mother's Days from a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So just ignore it. That is your past. That is a very painful past. And so there's no sense in, re- in connecting to a painful past. It just doesn't make any sense. So right. just let it go. I mean, you know, if he does it, okay, he does it. And all you have to do is resolve it and say, well, you know what? He's sitting me that This is, a, this is a, one of the largest holidays celebrated in America. Everybody's going to be sitting, you know, they're going to be doing something for their mom. If they know a mom, they're going to send them a text. They're going to send them a card. So I'm not going to – and that ain't that deep. You know, right. he probably, you know, he probably going to send me a text – and he probably got fifteen other mamas' name text numbers on the same text. So you know what I'm saying. So don't take right. that. Don't make that bigger than what it is. It's a national right. holiday. It's celebrated uh, by a lot of people. A lot of money is spent around that time because people love their moms. You know. So just say you know uh, it to yourself. You know. Well, okay, that's a good thing to do. I'm more concerned about my daughter telling me Happy Mother's Day. 
and you know she's gonna do it. So that's more important because you're really not you're not his mom. So no, don't I mean you know, stay that deep. You know, focus your attention on your daughter. You know, on that day and keep it right there. And then that way, if his text does come, if it comes, it's a great thing. But I wouldn't get caught up in it. Right. Don't get so caught I, up. I said, that's what I thought today. I was like, you know, I said, no. If he texts me, no. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to answer it. But my other thought was, I'm going to be honest with you. I was going to be like, well, I'm not going to answer it, and then he'll see how it feels not to be answered back, to be ignored. And then it's a possibility that he may not, you know. But I would just say, just so if he did, I'm just going to look at it and you not know, even bother but, with it. Okay, but but again, you coming to that conclusion keeps you in the bad cycle. It keeps you in the pain because again, you don't know what he's thinking, and you can't you can't make him think that, you know. So, and and again, he's sending you a text on a day. That is a national holiday that is going to be celebrated by everybody and anybody that has a mother, had a mother, want to be a mother. So it's not that deep. So it's not like he, it's not like a special attention uh, right. text that he's going to send you. It's a text that's coming on a national holiday. You are not being singled out. If he if he texts, he's not texting you on next week in the middle of next week. Nothing's going on. He's uh-huh. texting you on a day that everybody is sending texts, right. giving cards, right. flowers, right. gifts, uh-huh. candy to mama. So right. it's nothing unique about it. It's nothing specifically okay. di- directed towards you per se. It's go- he's going to text every mother he knows who he has a phone number for. So that's why you can't get that that deep about it. And you can't say, if I don't answer his text, that he's going to feel um, what it's like to not be answered. You have no clue about that. And I'm telling you, again, if he if he ever tells you one day, oh, girl, that stuff didn't bother me, you're going to be mad again because the goal of you not texting him back was so he could feel, feel what it's like to be ignored. And if you find out that that is not how he felt, then you're gonna feel like you wasted your time and energy, which is exactly what will be you will be doing. So it's again, I'm gonna say it for the last time. It's not about him. Okay. Right now in your life, it is not about him. It is about you becoming whole and healthy in your life. And you got the way that happens is you got to take him out the picture, release the past, and you got to move into your future. Period. And it is hard, but you can do it. It can be done. Because if it could not be done, it would not be in the word of forgetting the past and moving on and moving forward and pressing toward the mark. So I know you can do it. God says, forget the former things. Behold, I want to do a new thing. So he knows that you can forget the past. You know, he already knows it. So he's telling you, don't keep playing that thing over and over again because I got something else for you. So, you know, you got to get to that place. Amen? Amen. And you're right. Amen. 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 So thank you for sharing. I'm going to see if someone else has a comment before we go. Um, If you are, okay, thank you. If you are on the line, we have a couple of people still on the line. If you have a comment um, that you want to share about, even if you want to share something about what we just talked about, you know, or what's been talked about tonight in the, the scenarios, please, by all means, before we close out in prayer, um, Press the number one so I can bring you on. If not, we're going to close out in prayer, and uh, I will talk to you guys on uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night.
special night. I'm going to do just a little teaching on tomorrow night. And uh, and then what I'm going to do is open it up for Q&A. And instead of just having a few minutes at the end of the show, I'm going to try to give the bulk of the time tomorrow night for questions and answers. So I might do like a 10 or 15 minute um, or I might do a little longer for some people who are not going to be calling in right on time. I'll give you a chance to call in. but And I'm going to leave the majority of tomorrow night. And so I have it set up for a longer period of time so that we can do some Q&A, some questions and answers. So if you took notes, go back over your notes and uh, call in or if you got some other issues in your stuff. And I'm going to ask everybody who, uh, you know, we're going to be um, – respectful of time and so kind of write your stuff out and narrow it down i'm gonna try to be fair to everybody and and please don't misunderstand what i'm saying nobody has been disrespectful or anything i just know that sometimes you know and i'll say this depending on who the number of people on the call i'll be able to tell you how long we could we can deal with your issue so let's do it let's just do it that way because nobody has done anything out of order so um i'm going to go to um area code 504 but the last four digits of your number is one five five zero? Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hey. Hi. I just want to say that I have loved this entire series and everything that you're talking about. Um, it's 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 just wonderful to share this information because a lot of people are going through this and they have no idea how to get themselves out of it. So I just wanted to say thank you for sharing this information. Thank you. Thank you so much for that comment. And, um, you know, it's really rewarding. It really is when uh, you do something like this or anything similar to this and people can give you feedback to let you know that they're being blessed by it. You know your teaching is good. You know it's relevant information. But it's more. it, it, it becomes even more valuable when a voice is put to the ear that is actually hearing uh, your teaching um no matter what setting that you're in. And so always remember that it's really it's, it's well taken, it's greatly appreciated, and um, I'm just humbled by it. Okay. Thank you oh. so much. Wait, I, did, I did have okay. a question, though, and I, and okay. I know I was, going to, I was trying to save it for tomorrow, but I want to get this in really quick. Um, like, the, like the last woman, I had a very similar relationship um, that ended, and for, for the longest I was stuck in that cycle. Um, finally, I was able to move out of it. I was able to move on to another relationship, and my ex's mother calls me out of the blue. Now, I am in another relationship. I'm actually married, and my mm-hmm. ex is in a relationship. And when she called me, I was very confused when she was asking me had I talked to him, this person who I had had a very, mm-hmm. very intense negative relationship mm-hmm. with for five years. You know, why Why would you ask me, if, out of all people, had I talked to him? So after a lot of small talk, I was like, don't you realize that he's in another relationship? She admitted that she did because him and her don't speak that much. But she mm-hmm. said, oh, you know, out of all of the people, I like you the most, and I wish he was still with you. And, you know, we, we had this conversation, and I told her that I would keep in, you know, keep in touch with her, and I was actually thinking about sending her a Mother's Day gift. Now, I haven't talked to her since January. And the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, I don't even want to go down that road. Right. But, you know, so, you know, is it rude to not want to talk to her? I mean, I'm scared well, to open the door by sending her anything. Right, right, right. But I don't and, want to be rude to her either. Right. Well, okay, I'm just be. I, I hear you. I hear you. But does she know that you're married? Yes. Okay. Um. 
this is my take on that, and it's going to be a little direct. My take on that is the rudeness occurred when she called and just blatantly disrespected your marriage by saying, I wish that he would have, you would have been the one that he would have settled with, or whatever she said along those mm-hmm. lines. That was, uh, no matter what she was trying to say, that was a, just a blatant disregard and disrespect for the marriage that you're now in. You know, because maybe she was testing the waters to say, okay, let me let me put this out here and see if she's going to bite. You know, because mm-hmm. if you would have bitten, then what she was going to do at this at that point was she's going to use you to mess up whatever he's in. Mm. Mm. So that, I don't really know her. It sounds like that possibly would be the goal, is that if I can get you to find out if you might have any slight interest in my son, then what she's going to do is she's going to use you to mess up what it is that she doesn't want to see him with. So really if she know it's one thing if she didn't know she was married, not that I agree with what she's doing, but if she knows you're married and she still No, she, that she she didn't she did she didn't know when she called me. I did oh. tell her on the, oh, the okay. phone that mm-hmm. I was married after that. And um I think this is just my, my take on it. I I think a part of it it really has nothing to do with messing him his relationship up. It's just that they don't have a really good relationship, and I was the one to keep him in touch with her. And since me and him have been apart for two years, he has only seen her twice in two years. So, and, and you know. She talked, she's, and she's talked to you how many times in two years? She's called me about four times. So and it was, once it was, every every several months. And it's about getting in touch with it's her? It's about. It's about her relationship with him and how bad she feels that they don't have a great relationship. This was the first relation. This was the first call that she's called me, and she's actually, you know, said, "Well, I wish he was with you," and you know, this, that, and the other. And she kind of went off into their relationship, him and the girl's relationship, which I was really uncomfortable with, you know. And then she just was like, "Well, I wish he was with you," and I was like, "Well, I'll keep in touch. Next time I come in town, I'll come see you." And she was like, "I would love that." And then I thought about it after I got the phone, like, oh, I just lied to that woman. I, okay. I don't want to open that door. This is what I'm gonna tell you. Let me let me tell you what you just said. You said that you didn't think that it was about her trying to mess this relationship up. Cause then we get through this thing about you know how many times she calls, and then she calls and she says, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I really, you know, it's first it's about connecting with her son, and then she starts telling you all about her son's relationship with whoever he's with right now, which made you uncomfortable. Yeah. So then she says, or whenever she says it, is that I really wish that you were with him. I guarantee you it's about messing up his relationship. Because she knew enough about, she didn't have some kind of conversation with him because she knew enough about his present relationship to tell you something about it. So she's had some kind of conversations. A connection with him. It ain't all dry, you know. Mm. She's had enough connect contact with him to know what's going on in the relationship that he has right now. So she's had enough to know, and she has enough to tell you. Then to follow behind that and say, "I wish you were the one that he was that he would have connected with." It is about messing up his relationship. Mm. Makes sense. And 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 if she can get you to bite then she'll use you to do it. And the unfortunate thing about that is, you know, that wouldn't just mess up his relationship. It's going to hinder your marriage because I promise you that's going to filter down. 
that's going to trickle down and it's going to make it up into your house. Mm. And mm. that's going to be ugly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's so what you're going to have to do is set some boundaries and you know, you're going to have to say whatever, you know, when she calls or whatever the case may be, you might have to say, "Miss so and so, you know, you're more than welcome to call me if you just want to chit-chat." However, if you want to call me to talk about your son's relationship, I'm not going to be able to talk to you about that. Number one, because I'm in, uh, I am married and I do love my husband, and so I, it is not appropriate for me to engage in conversations with you about your son's relationship because I used to date your son, and that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. And okay. That's that, and so if Mama don't call you no more, you're gonna have a clue. <laughs> You know, if she hasn't called you anymore, that's going to be a sign that maybe that those calls are not exactly as innocent as, as you thought. Okay. No. So but should, should, to, so, should, so should I not call her for Mother's Day and wish her Happy Mother's Day? Should I just kind of let that go? I mean, and if she calls me again, then that's when I'll have to cross that bridge then? You know, if, um, the, I mean, if you could send her a text or something. I mean, if you're comfortable with it, do it. But don't get, But if you do get her Make sure on that day that you don't engage in any conversation about her son. Just say, oh, ma'am, I just was, th- you know, this is Mother's Day. I'm calling all the mothers I know, so I want to make sure I didn't miss you. And don't stay on the phone long. Okay. And just out of courtesy, because it is a big celebrated holiday, just out of courtesy, just call her and say, I want to just say Happy Mother's Day. I wish you the very best, yada, yada, yada. I can't talk long. I got a whole list of moms I got to call. Okay. All right, well, thank you. You're welcome. That's what sounds like a good friend. All right. All right, well, thank you. Hold on a second. Okay, everybody, we're going to close out in prayer. And um, for those of you who have to go to work tomorrow, I pray that you're able to get up. And I wish you the very best on tomorrow. And when you call in tomorrow night, remember, it's um, 830 Central Standard Time, which if you're in Eastern Time, it's 930 your time. If you're in... California time, it is going to be 6.30. You're talking about you guys, two two hours behind. I think if you're in Atlanta, it is, you're one hour ahead. So, again, that's Eastern, I think. So you'll be, it'll be 9.30 your time. So let's close out in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you on tonight. We honor you, Lord God. We worship you because you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. And, Father, we are your people. We boldly come to the throne of grace. You heard every situation that was talked about on tonight, Lord God. Father, we pray and plead the blood of Jesus over every situation, over the pastor's life, Lord God. We plead the blood of Jesus. We cast, we, we lift him up to you right now. We pray that you're breaking him free from the memory uh, of his situation, Lord God, that you're breaking him free, Father God, so that he can be used mightily by you, continuously to be used mightily by you. We pray, Father God, that the gifts will flow through him and that your anointing will rest upon his life, that you will crown his mind with, with your word so that he can make even more wise decisions, Lord God. We pray. Uh, even for the lady in the situation, Lord God, that she would not lose focus and that she would get on her face before you and seek you for direction. But, Father, most importantly, we pray that you break and separate the very thing that the enemy is trying to use to destroy both of these lives. Father, we lift up this sister to you. Father God is coming out of a bad relationship who's struggling with the memory and trying to figure things out. We're asking that you give her a spirit of peace, that you bring comfort in, uh, to her mind, Lord God, that, Father God, that the enemy will not instill her 
ensnare her thinking and keep her going through the cycle of trying to figure things out. We are praying for a breakthrough, Lord God, in her emotions, a breakthrough in her mindset, a breakthrough in her thought life, Lord God. We pray, Father God, that you would just would allow her, Father God, a time of uh, a silence and a quiet time with you and a time of prayer and fasting so that she can get to know you even better and so you can show her the great things that you have in store for her life. And, Father, then we pray for the young lady who's dealing with the mother, the uh, mother's, uh, Lord God, from a previous relationship. I pray, Father God, that you would crown her mind with wisdom on how to handle any future conversations, that she would guard her marriage, Father God, guard her own mind, guard her own emotions, Lord God, that the enemy would not try to creep in and and bring up past memories, Father God, from the previous relationship. We plead the blood of Jesus over every life that was on the phone, that's still on the phone, that was in the chat room, whatever the case may be, Lord God, for everyone on tonight's call. And we thank you for victory in their lives, Lord God. We thank you they're going to be set free. We thank you, Lord God. There's going to be praise reports that are going to come forth from this teaching and from the great works that you're going to do in every life that's on the call. Father, in the name of Jesus, we set our faith and agreement to your word, Father, that you will never leave us alone, that you'll never abandon us, that you're very concerned about us, and that you'll perfect those things which concern us. And we, we actually believe that by faith. And we say this prayer in the name of Jesus, and we believe it by faith in the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Good night, everybody. See you on tomorrow night. God bless you.